Kiora. Kofu Smith, though. Welcome to the House. When Parliament takes a break for, say, the school holidays, the MPs don't always head home to work in their electorates and constituencies. Sometimes they head off overseas. And I'm not referring to family holidays in Hawaii. Anything but. Instead, they travel with colleagues, even political foes, on political busmen's holidays, taking a break from domestic politics to do some MPing on the international stage. And these MPs aren't always ministers, not the usual people who deal with international diplomacy. They're backbenchers. And even weirder, they are backbenchers from both governing and opposition parties, like these two. Hi, I'm Scott Simpson. I'm the Member of Parliament for Coromandel. Kia ora, I'm Venushi Walters, the MP for Upper Harbour. Now, Scott, you're a National MP. Venushi, you're a Labour MP. One thing you guys actually do together quite closely, and that is the IPU, something that almost no one has heard of. Tell me what that is, Scott. Well, the IPU is an organisation of parliamentarians from around the globe. Something like 150 nations represented. They meet twice a year, so uh, a great opportunity to intermingle with uh, parliamentarians from democracies around the world. Would it be correct to say, this is just a sort of a vague stab at a metaphor from me, that the United Nations is where governments meet together, but that never includes any oppositions, just governments, but the IPU is where parliaments meet together in a similar sort of way? Yeah, I think that's a good way to frame it. Um, And in my view, it's a real advantage having a cross-party delegation from all those parties meeting together. But essentially, we do discuss a lot of the issues that present at the UN as well. So things like peace and security, human rights, environmental issues. You guys have just recently come back from a trip to Bahrain. Is that right? Correct, yes. So we had the 146th Assembly, they call it, uh, Assembly of the IPU, in Bahrain only a month or so ago. As I said earlier, the best opportunity for interaction occurs when you are engaging and talking with members of parliament, uh, representatives from different democracies around the world. And uh, some of the things that we take very much for granted here in New Zealand are not absolute givens in other other jurisdictions, and that's uh, always an eye-opener. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Um, Bahrain itself is a very different kind of place to hear. I don't imagine you got to see much of it, though, right? Uh, Not really. You uh, fly to the uh, destination, get in a bus, go to the hotel, then go from the hotel to the convention centre, hotel to the convention centre, hotel to the convention centre for about three days, uh, and then back on the bus to the aeroplane and then back home. It's not an opportunity to see much of the the country in, in which the assembly is being held. You could have been almost anywhere. Well, in uh, Bahrain's case, yes, because the auditorium was a, a grand windowless building. So once you're in the building, you're in the building. But, but I do think we noticed the difference at one stage when we stepped out and there was a small dust storm that greeted us. Oh, yay, <laughs> yay. A, a special Middle Eastern present. It's not just a, a sort of a grand international piss-up of politicians, though. What did you actually do in Bahrain? So every um, IPU meeting has like an anchoring theme While we talk about a number of different issues, the one for Bahrain was around fighting intolerance and looking at inclusivity. And so that was the core for a lot of the discussions I had, really sharing ideas of what other parliaments are doing to ensure the rights and protections of some of their minority groups. So I had the the privilege of speaking for the New Zealand delegation on how we address the uh, horrific events of March 15, but also the steps we're taking in terms of ensuring women's rights and the rights 
of our LGBTQI community. And it was just wonderful to be able to speak to other parliamentarians about how they're promoting those rights because I think it really then starts to influence uh, what we could be doing next in those spaces. That's kind of inside your bellywork, isn't it? You've got a background in human rights law. Yeah, it really is. And so I I definitely appreciated that part of things. But I'd say another part of it that I really appreciated is how we keep our democracies and our parliaments accountable. So a lot of conversations I had, as much as they were about substantive legal issues or substantive human rights issues, were also about systems. Like what systems do you have? What committees do you have in your parliament who ensure that the laws we're making are fit for purpose? And how do we keep our executives accountable? And when people are talking about that kind of thing, how do we stack up? We stack up pretty well, I think. Things that we often take for granted here in New Zealand are not necessarily obvious or present in other democracies. For instance, we've got a 50-50 gender split in the New Zealand Parliament. That's actually uh, unusual in most parliaments around the world. Uh, But uh, the opportunity to, I guess, see how other parliaments work and how they operate is uh, a real eye-opener. One of the side issues for me was my interest in oceans, uh, marine space, environment, climate, and there are several... Uh, workshops within workshops, themes that can be sort of a subset of the main theme of the Assembly. But underlying all that stuff, of course, was topical matters, uh, particularly relating to the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And to have a Ukraine delegation there and a Russian Federation delegation there, uh, you get a sense of the tensions, particularly in Europe. Uh, They're very real, they're very present, uh, and they're very dominant in terms of the way that some of those nations are thinking at the moment. Now, you had a meeting also late last year in Rwanda, in Kigali. Again, IPU. Again, both of you went. You weren't the only people. There was another MP. Who was that? Well, that's right. So we take a delegation of four MPs, two National Party MPs and two Labour MPs. So we had the Honourable Jackie Dean and Ibrahim Omar joining us in Rwanda. So the theme of that was really around empowering women and women's rights. But there was a lot of connection between the two meetings. So heading into this one in Bahrain, we'd really developed some relationships with colleagues from similar jurisdictions, essentially. So Australia, Canada, the UK, as some of our South American colleagues, but also Ukraine. And that meant for, um, for us that we could stay in touch with them between the two meetings, uh, which also meant that we hit the ground running in many respects in terms of addressing how we collectively viewed some of the resolutions that came to the floor. Talking of resolutions and Kigali, I understand that though it wasn't the main theme, the planned theme of Kigali, um, the Ukraine actually became quite a central piece there and it was something that you uh, led the work on for this part of the world, is that right? Yes, so with the IPU, every time they sit, one emergency resolution goes to the floor for a vote, and before it goes to the floor for a vote, it goes to a drafting committee. So I was one of two members of what's called the 12-plus grouping, who was asked, um, and I was asked by Ukraine to sit in, in the room and assist in the drafting process before that resolution went to uh, to a vote. So it, ha- it was um, a very tense process in many ways, as you can imagine. We also had a Iran in the room, South Africa, Oman, Jordan, 
Chile, Canada. Uh, so there were eight of us who sat in a room for about, I would say, something like five or six hours with a five-minute break, just discussing line by line this emergency resolution, which essentially was condemning Russia's invasion. Am I right to say that IPU had attempted to do that before and failed? Uh, so the IPU had done that before, and interestingly, the resolution... Uh, that happened before at Bali was led by New Zealand. So Scott will probably be able to ah, share okay. some details. Yeah, so um, at that stage, Louisa Wall was the uh, lead uh, of the delegation. Louisa was able to negotiate an agreement that saw the emergency item being adopted by the Assembly, uh, condemning the Russian invasion of uh, Ukraine. Uh, and at that time, of course, that had just happened. It was very, very topical, very raw, very, very immediate. Uh, and so New Zealand played a, a, a leading role Role, a diplomatic role, actually. And I think that speaks to our um, standing in the international community as honest brokers, as fair, fair players, and coming to a forum like the IPU uh, with clean hands. We're a small nation, we um, have credibility, and we're able to act as, a, as I say, a fair broker. Yeah, and you did the same thing as Louisa did in, in Kigali, as she had done the previous one. I mean, like I heard from behind the scenes that you were quite a champion. Well, I think if we continued on that role, as Scott said, I think we're seen as an intimate but allowed democracy uh, here in the corner of the South Pacific. And so in some ways it is an independent role, but I also think we're seen as very, very values-based. Um, and so we're expected to contribute. Um, but more than that, I think we're also expected to lead. Um, and I don't think that's down to one person. I, I've heard it many times of many Kiwis who are operating in that space. Um, I've also heard that people are quite impressed in the way that we do work cross-party whenever we're in those international spaces, um, which is something that we should be really proud of. Yeah, because you guys might shout at each other. Well, not you personally, possibly, but, you know, MPs cross-party might shout at each other in the House or disagree vehemently on things. But most people don't realise how well you actually cooperate a lot of the time, right? Most of the time, indeed. Actually, there's more collaboration in uh, Parliament and indeed uh, overseas forums like the IPU than most people would imagine. And a lot more than happens in some parliaments. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, some of the delegations that uh, attend IPU meetings are not cross-party at all. They just represent whoever the government of that particular nation is, and there are no opposition voices. Uh, but you know, we tend to act on the international stage as New Zealand Incorporated, um, and we tend to leave the domestic politics behind when we um, when we leave the country, and we put a, a forward-facing New Zealand face to the forum uh, and to the work that, and endeavours that we're trying to achieve. Yeah, and I think it becomes quite obvious on the floor sometimes because some delegations will split their vote, <laughs> and we don't. We have a thorough discussion, interestingly, not just uh, internally with our team, but also with our cross Tasman colleagues, with our Pacific neighbours and with many of uh, the groupings who we ordinarily work very well with internationally. It's one of these things that people don't know about MPs is just how much you are actually diplomats, right? Yeah, and I think to an extent we need to be, especially when it comes to the foreign affairs space. Um, I think some of the threats that we see internationally are such that they require a cross-party response from New Zealand. We, we have a very short parliamentary term in New Zealand, uh, but regardless, of it, even if it was a four-year term, when you're making decisions like, about things like uh, climate change, like our uh, security policy, like how 
how we ought to treat countries like Russia. It needs to be cross-party. It's not just for now, is it? It's for, you know, the coming years. So it has to be something that you agree with, Scott, as well as you do, Vinici. Well, absolutely, because uh, we have a fundamental belief in New Zealand, no matter which party you represent, in the international um, rule of law and uh, uh, a rules-based model. Uh, and that's why, for instance, we take a very strong view in New Zealand to support Ukraine and oppose the Russian Federation's invasion of Ukraine. Uh, and that's important for not just today, but for events and situations that may arise into the future. You were noting that uh, you were making resolutions on the Russian invasion of Ukraine, but Russia were actually in the room at the time. Did they take that well? Yes, so the Russians had uh, quite a large delegation in Rwanda and I think there was probably particular interest in those who were participating in the drafting committee. Um, so what I found was then when I stood to speak on a few occasions I was being filmed uh, by either Russia or Belarus or one of their allies um, and was uh, approached a couple of times by individuals who wouldn't tell me where they were from and then revealed that they were Russian. Um, so I think for me the new experience was the physicality of some of the intimidation in the room um, and it wasn't just Russia, it was Iran as well who were would literally stand, come over to where you were sitting and stand over you and start um, demanding that you not say certain things. Um, so while I've been in international forums before, that was certainly surprising. Wow. Did you get some of that as well? Well, we have um, in New Zealand, I think, um, a base foundation where we think that people are entitled to have a view and to express it. Um, and so that kind of um, physical intimidation is not something that we're used to. Uh, and yes, it's unusual, I would have thought, that in a, in a forum such as that to, to, to see those sorts of things occurring. But it's a sign of um, the fraught difficulties that the world is facing in many places around the world today uh, and it's a, a sign of the tension and, and the frustration uh, and the anger but also I think of the uh, defensive position of those that seek to intimidate. That was National MP Scott Simpson from Coromandel and Labour MP Venusi Walters from Upper Harbour. They are two of New Zealand's delegates to the International Parliamentary Union, a little known organisation that is to parliaments what the United Nations is to governments. You've been listening to The House. It's a whakaranga koe ki te whare. This programme is produced with funding from Parliament's Office of the Clerk. Mātua.